Praise God. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. When I was praying, um, many of you know that I've had some some time to spend more time in prayer, and uh, uh, which is always a good thing. <clears throat> and when I was praying, the Lord gave me a revelation or an insight into Satan's agenda. Okay, it's a strategy that he uses to defeat the children of God. Okay, and many times I always say to you and encourage you that when you're praying in your prayer closet and when you are sending up your requests and blessing God and praising God to give God a time to speak back to you because prayer after all is not a one-way conversation prayer is a dialogue between you and God and if you listen you'll hear him speak to you and such it was that he, that he spoke to me he said that, that uh, what he was showing me was that Satan wants his children, Christians, he wants us, he wants you grounded to the earth. He wants you grounded to the earth, meaning that always aware of and driven by earthly things, driven by your earthly senses, such as sickness, financial matters, worries about your life, etc., etc. Satan wants your mind locked on that and grounded, okay? God wants us to be focused on his kingdom and heavenly matters. And the word of God tells us to keep your mind on these things. And there's a whole list of things that we should be thinking about on heavenly matters and things such as we walk by faith and not by sight. And that with his stripes I am healed and cast your cares upon God because God cares for me. This is where God wants us thinking in heavenly places. So if you can kind of visualize this as we are walking on this earth. Okay, and we are citizens, if you will, of both realms. We're citizens of heaven as well as citizens of the earth. Satan would rather keep us grounded with our minds on earthly things, whereas God wants us focusing on heavenly things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be handed to you, okay, given unto you. So the strategy God showed me was this thing about grounding, you know, and I said, well, Lord, why is it that Satan wants us grounded, you know, what is it about it, okay? Satan wants you grounded. He does not want you to be elevated to heavenly places. Now, to illustrate everything that I'm saying, we always have to go to the word of God. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, okay? All right? The more he can keep us grounded, the more he can keep on doing his dastardly things in our lives. The more he can keep us grounded in keeping our heads and our thoughts and our spirits out of heavenly, heavenly matters, then he can continue to work his stuff, telling you that you're sick. You don't have enough money. You don't have this. You don't have that. You're not going to succeed. You're no good. You know, um, look at what you did last week. Look at what you did 10 years ago. You know, you're a rotten little person. You're going to fail. He wants you grounded to keep thinking on on things, on earthly things. So we see here that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 1, starting with, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, underline that, not handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hidden, it is hidden to them that are lost. Please underline, if our gospel be hidden, it is hidden to them that are lost, in whom the God of this age, or God of this world, please underline, in whom the God of this world, or age, has blinded the minds of them who believe not. Underline, blinded the minds of them who believe not. Unless the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, our servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us, not of us. So we see there in verse number four, because this is the operative verse here, it says there, um, in whom the God of this 
this age or God of this world. The phrase God of this world or God of this age indicates that Satan is the major influence on the mindset by the on the on the mindset expressed by the ideals, opinions, goals, hopes, and views of worldly people. Okay? God understand what I'm saying now. God is still in charge. God is still in charge. But God is saying here that, that Satan is the God of this world, is that he is in control of those people that are un, un, uh, unsaved, the worldly, who focus on the things of the world. Those ideals, the philosophies, okay? Um, many times you wonder, you say, well, how could people believe that? How could people go in that direction? How could people think that? How could people think that? Okay, it's because they're being, um, uh, uh, they're being guided and influenced by Satan. By Satan, okay, who, who affects, um, if you have morals and, and, and we as Christians believe certain things, those folks that would try to push society in other directions, and there are dozens of things um, um, out there today, um, um, marriage, the word of God, we Christians, marriage between a man and a woman, okay, alrighty, and we know the other agenda, you know, uh, um, greed, the lust for money, the lust for money, uh, Wall Street, I mean, the whole thing, you know, this is where people that are so immoral, they have no problem with lying and cheating and stealing, you know, uh, how could one individual run this nation if they are so dishonest, okay? If there, but there are many, many people who are willing to have an individual like that and are willing to overlook all of the, 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 the dishonesty and the immoral things just for their own agenda. You see, this is being driven not by God. You see, so Satan very much is alive on planet Earth. And what this is referring to in verse number four, in whom the God of this age has blinded the minds of them who believe not. You see, and that answers the question, because you might ask yourself, how could anyone not see? How could only how could it how is it not clear as the nose on their face what the agenda is behind that? You know, I can I can clearly see it. You can watch certain people, be it on TV or in person and whatnot, and you can look at them and you can see the lies and the deceit coming all off the person, be this talking to the person physically in person, or be it on TV or whatever, or even reading something that's been said by this person, okay? And and you can see the lies that are there and you shake your head and you say, Well, how could people be so blind that they can't see? Well, here's the answer. In whom the God of this age has blinded the minds of them who believe not, unless the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, whose image of God, should shine in them. Okay? So the reason Satan's agenda here in keeping them blind is because they don't want the gospel of Jesus Christ to come to light in them. You see? So if Satan can keep, can, can keep the nation, the country, the world, um, those that do not believe, keep them blinded, then they can't come to, to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and they won't see the same things that's so obvious to you and I. Okay? The things that we see is being so obvious, you wonder why is it that they don't see. So what God is saying, was telling me, is that Satan wants to keep us grounded because this is where his influence lies. Okay? Okay? God has given him this quote-unquote authority for a period of time until the time comes where he's going to be thrown into the pit and he will be defeated forever. God has allowed him to have this authority for a period of time, but he's also given us the right to choose, to choose Jesus Christ, and then as we choose Jesus Christ, we then have the authority to overcome the God with a little g of this world. You see? You see? But for those that believe not, they do not have that luxury because they're totally blind. They're totally blind. You, 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 know, you know, to them the sky may, may appear green. We could tell them all day long that it's blue and they are unable to see it. Okay? Alright? So it goes on here. Um, his areas, Satan's areas of influence also encompass the world's philosophies, education, look what's happening in the colleges and commerce. All right? if, you know, you know, at, at, at one time, it, it, was, it was an honorable thing you know, to be a college professor. It was, a, it was an honorable thing to go to a lecture and hear a debate in college because you could hear, you, you could hear opinions, you could hear, hear differing opinions, you could hear challenging opinions, and, and, and the, 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 the Institutes of Higher Education was supposed supposed to be a, a, a breeding ground for, for creative thought in young people, okay? Where, yes, you can hear opposing views, you can hear opposing opinions, but there was, there was, there, there was, there was the ability to debate and to talk about it and to understand. The way Satan has twisted it today is that his agenda is that if you do not agree, 
If you do not agree, then you are the demon. You are the demon, all right? And you may be looking on the things that are right in the eyes of God, but the way it's gone in the college and the institutes of higher education now um, is gone out the window. Look at the professors and, and, and look at the professors that they have on the payroll. I mean, they have people that were um, on, on bombers, and I can't think of the guy's name now, who uh, uh, was the Lenny something. Back in the 70s, he was with that group, that underground group that did all the bombing and the killing. And if I called him, I can't think of it right now. But he's being paid as a professor to teach. Uh, our professors are coming out with all sorts of uh, things in, in their syllabuses that are, are certainly um, are not in line with Christian thought. And you don't have to even look at higher education. Look at what's happening in the elementary school system. Look at the books. You, you know, you, you know, you know uh, me and my two dads or whatever the book is called on the shelves today. Okay? And, and, I, and, I, and I, I'm sorry, but, but, but this is not my opinion. I'm talking about what the Word of God is saying. And we as Christians need to be really, really sharp and on our toes to spot these things, especially young families that are coming up and have children that are in school today, that are in elementary school. Watch what's on those shelves because the agenda out there today, look at the bake shop, the bakery that was closed down because they refused to bake a cake. You see, so, so this is the mindset of the world that Satan is influencing. That's where the Bible is talking about the God of this world. And those people that are blind who can't see the gospel, they are following along with that. And worse than that, we who wish to follow the words of, of the Lord and follow what the gospel tells us, we are becoming the demons because we are refusing to think the way they are thinking. All right. OK, so this is the God of the world, the God of this world. This is the agenda that he that he has. The thoughts, the ideas, the speculations and false religions of the world are under Satan's control and have sprung up from lies and deceptions. All right. The false religions of this world are, are, are under Satan's control and they will say anything to offset offsite the the authenticity, if you will, of Jesus Christ being the son of the living God, being the son of the, of the living God. All right. The minute you start talking about Jesus Christ is the only way to God the Father, they used to say, well, why Jesus Christ? What about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? All of those other peoples, and I can start with Muhammad, Vishnu, uh, Confucius, and go on down the line. None of those people, Muhammad, none of those people died and were resurrected again. None of them. None of them. None of them. Okay, the Bible had the Bible has 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 proofs that Jesus Christ was resurrected and walked the earth for the for the for the, the time that he did. They say there are over five hundred proofs, um, um, uh, proofs that cannot be denied. Okay, jo- Josephus, who was a, a a historian who was not a believer, wrote of Jesus. You know, so so it, so it's a fact. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. But the minute you start talking about that, people start saying, "Well, that doesn't make sense." You know. All gods lead to heaven. All gods lead to heaven. What did I say a minute, minute, minute again? The thoughts, the ideas, the speculations, and false religions of the world are under Satan's control and have sprung up from his lies and deceptions. So when the Bible says that Satan is the god of this world, it is not saying that he has ultimate authority. It is conveying the idea that Satan rules over the unbelieving world in a very specific way. In a very specific way. Okay? The whole idea that um, if someone does you a wrong, the way we as children of God would handle that is entirely different from the way a, someone that is in the world, a non-believer, would handle it. All right? Someone does a non-believer uh, wrong and right away they start looking at retaliation. How can I get back at them? How can I hit below the belt? How can I do this? You see, that is the thinking of the world. Of the world. You, you, you go into the store and, and, and a cashier at the checkout counter gives you too much money back. You know, gives you $10 too much. You know, and you count it after you're outside the store and you say, wait a minute, this is $10 too much. Someone in the world keeps on walking and gets in the car. Okay, we as children of God say, well, wait a minute. Now, this $10 here just made, that, that poor cashier that's in there is going to be held responsible for that. And that $10 could very well come out of her pocketbook. Besides that, it's not mine. I'm stealing from the store. And you as a child of God, you take it back to the, to the store. And you say, and every time I've done that, the cashier is so thankful. Many times their mouths drop open with surprise. You brought it back, you know, like that. Because the way of the world, again, Again, is not to do those things, okay? It's to, it's to be dishonest, it's to cheat. Whatever you can do in this world to get you ahead, to get you a leg up, is the way to go. Don't worry about your fellow man. Don't be concerned about anything. You can lie, cheat, steal, beg or borrow, whatever it is. Anything that you can do to control, to, to, to make it better for yourself. Whereas we as children of God, 
We put others first. We put others first. Amen. Amen. We put God first. Amen. Amen. The word of God says to give and to tithe. We give and we tithe because God said, God said, if you do this, I shall open up the windows of heaven and shall bless you. And so we do that. We don't stop and say back the way the world says, oh my gosh, man, I got the electric bill to pay. I got the mortgage to pay and this and that. I just got paid. Oh man, let me pay them first. And then, oh, what's left over for my offering? Oh, I got a dollar left. Okay, I'll put that in the offering basket. Okay, just the opposite of what the word of God says, you see. But this is, this is the world. This is Satan Wanting to keep us grounded, okay? Because what else does the Word of God even tell us about that? Talking about Satan keeping us grounded and wanting to keep us grounded. If we do not follow the Word of God and we decide that we're not going to give, what does it say? God says, first of all, if you do tithe and you give, He says, I'll open up the windows of heaven. But then the other side of that, the flip side of that, is what happens if you don't? Amen. Amen. The word of God says that if you give, I shall rebuke the devourer. Who is the, the, the devourer? No, none other than Satan himself. You see? So if you're not doing that, you're not doing what God is telling you to do, being that God cannot lie, okay, as much as he loves you. But if you're not doing that, then God has no other choice than not to rebuke, quote unquote, not to rebuke the devourer. And who is the devourer? Is Satan. So therefore, you leave your life open for all sorts of attack because you're not doing what God is telling you to do. And then Satan says, uh-huh, I've got that person grounded because his head his mind is not in heavenly places the heavenly places is is the word of God says try me prove me that I shall open up the windows of heaven okay okay try me prove me would you rob God this is what the, what the heavenly the heavenly thinking is but if Satan can keep you grounded then you're going to to, to deny all of that and just walk away from it so he, he, he's conveying the idea that Satan rules that, that scripture is that he, he rules over the unbelieving world in the case of 2 Corinthians 4 4, the unbeliever follows Satan's agenda. According to 4, 4, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of glory of Jesus Christ, of Christ, okay? And how many times have you may remember talking to, it could have been a family member, let's, let's tell it like it is. It could have been a family member that you were talking to, that you were trying to convey the truth of Jesus Christ. You were trying to talk to them to make them understand. And they would argue with you. They'll come back and they argue with you. They will come back and many cases, they will try to give you their learned facts that they have learned from some place erroneously, and they will try to spout the Bible back to you, or bring up some other religion, or, or whatever, whatever, and spout this thing back to you, because they just can't hear and understand what you're saying. Okay? Well, well you might as well be speaking in a foreign language to them, because they are blinded. They just cannot see. Satan has them grounded, where they are unable to understand the things that the Word of God is saying. The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of glory of Christ. Um, I, I got to say this too. There, there are people, and I'm sorry for folks online that may hear this, whatever your beliefs and your, your, your persuasion is, um, but there was some discussion that was going on about what was done or not done for the families of those folks that were killed in Benghazi. Okay? And someone in the audience, a Marine, an honorable man stood up and challenged the person that was on the stage in this convention, challenged it, and said, this was done, this was done, this was done. Now, I'm not getting political from the pulpit. Well, I can talk about even though what I can't do as a non-profit, as a church, is I can't, I, I can't support or endorse anybody, so I'm not doing that. But what I'm talking about here is simply truth, an honorable thing, okay? If someone lied, they lied, Okay? But people in the audience started heckling this poor guy and started screaming at him, okay? And this is exactly what the Word of God is saying here. The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers, okay? So, what is right is right is right. I mean, how can you be so blind to just want to just totally ignore, to just totally ignore something that was said? I think a cat crawled in. Okay, that's all right. Yeah. Uh, praise the living God. Praise the living God. So, so um, uh, you know, how can someone just ignore something like that? You see, but they're so blinded that they can't see truth, you know. You know and the guy that was being honorable and was being right, they, just, they totally just booed him and hushed him out and everything else, you see. So this is, again, being blinded, you know. They will follow behind, follow behind, like, you know, just in, in, en masse. They just follow behind blindly, ignoring the truth, ignoring anything that is right and honorable, okay, it's because they've been blinded. Satan's agenda includes pushing a false philosophy onto the unbelieving world. 
a false philosophy that blinds the unbeliever from the truth of the gospel. Satan's philosophies are the fortresses in which people are imprisoned, needing to be set free and brought captive to Christ in obedience to the truth. So it is, it's like they are in prison. You ever try to talk to someone that is of that other persuasion, you know, that just feels that, that like, you know, this is the one that I must follow blindly, and you ever try to talk to them and, and, and give them facts, well, this is what happened, this is what happened, and they totally dismiss it. Totally dismiss it because they just cannot see it. They're so ingrained, all right? In many cases, because of the fact that our, um, um, Satan has blinded them and has wooed, wooed them into this false security, and in some way or another they are benefiting by this philosophy and by what's going on, that they are choosing to stay there because they're not thinking about the afterlife. They're not thinking about eternity. Why? Because Satan has so blinded them, Satan has them so grounded that they have no concept of the afterlife. They have no concept of anything that's going to be, that's going to happen beyond the here and now. You know? You've heard the stories of the millionaire, I think it was, who had, uh, who, who loved Cadillacs and he had this beautiful Cadillac and when he died, they buried him sitting up in the Cadillac, buried him, Cadillac and all. You know, and there have been other cases where people have, you know, well, guess what folks? He ain't, he ain't taking that Cadillac with him. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure, you know, you know, and I guarantee the way, I, I, well, I'm not God, obviously, but, but I mean, you know, if he goes where I think he went, you know, that cat, that could be a, a thing of molten steel, <laughs> all right, where, he, where he'd wind up. But what I'm saying is that people look at the here and now and things of this world, and they make that to be more important than the things of God, you see? And when you talk about the way you can't take it with you, you know, they don't understand what you're talking about because they've been blinded. They, they, they've totally been blinded. This is Satan keeping them grounded and not getting into heavenly places. But it all starts with a vision. It all starts with a vision, you know. And, and the, the fastest way to destroy a man's vision, you know, our vision is of, is of godly things, you know. We, we want to set our sights on things of heaven or things of God, you know. But the fastest way to, to, to disrupt a vision, yeah, it's just the wind. Um, it, it, the fastest way to destroy that vision or to distract us from that vision, is by giving us a second vision. Okay? So you've got your mind on God, and you're trying to, you, you don't want to be grounded. You've heard this message now, you know, and now you're saying after you get home, that I'm not going to let myself be grounded. I'm going to keep my head, my head and my hands and my eyes on heavenly things. Well, the easiest way for Satan to destroy that is by giving you a secondary vision. And how can the devil give you a second vision to keep you grounded? He gets you to focus on something else Instead of what God told you. Alright? Alright? Satan gets us grounded by getting us to focus on something else that God told us. Here we may be standing back and we're saying, well, I'm not going to worry about that bill. I'm not going to worry about that house, that job, that promotion. I know according to so-and-so, so-and-so, and you're spouting scriptures about it. You know, God shall provide all my need, etc., etc. So the way Satan wants to do is to get you off of that because now you're floating in heavenly places. Satan wants to get you back grounded again. If he can get you back grounded again, then you're going to start saying, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. They're going to choose someone else from that, for that job. Things will go wrong and the house will never, the house will never be finished. Things will go wrong, I'll never be able to even find the house. Things will go wrong where the house that I'm in is going to blow up. Things will go wrong where, things will go wrong, things are wrong, things are wrong. Okay, and so that's keeping you grounded. It's taking you, your, your primary vision, your main vision is on what God is telling you, but now Satan says, I'm going to give him a secondary vision. Okay? I'm going to get him to think on something else. So he brings you back down to, to the earth. Because once he can get you back into earthly things, then you're back under his control. And he can control your thinking the way the, the rest of the un, unbelieving people um, do, do think. So let's go to Genesis chapter 2. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Hang on a second here. Ah, no wonder. Okay. Two. All right. Sorry about that. Okay. Genesis chapter 2, verse number 15. 
2.15 Thank you Jesus And the Lord God took the man And put him into the garden of Eden To till it and to keep it And the Lord God commanded the man saying Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil Thou shalt not eat of it For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Okay? So Genesis 2, chapter, Genesis 2, verse number 15. So God gave him a directive here. God gave him a vision, so to speak. But of the tree, verse 17, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in that day thou shalt surely die. Alright? So God, if you will, gave him this vision. God gave him this thought. This is, now I am, I am focusing, I am not being grounded here. I am focusing on heavenly, on godly things. That, yes, Lord, I shall not eat of that tree because you have said to me that the day I eat of that tree that I shall surely die. Okay? So I am being I am in heavenly places. Now, remember I said, how does Satan work at getting us grounded is that the original vision, or when you're in the heavenly places here, you know, and you have this vision, okay, he gives man a secondary vision, or gives man a secondary thought, okay? All right, see, this is how insidious he is. This is how insidious, okay? So now, let's go to uh, uh, chapter 3 in Genesis, Okay? Okay, you have this vision now, you shall not eat of that tree, because God said that the day you eat of that tree you shall surely die. Okay, that's your first vision, if you will. You're not grounded, your head is in heavenly places. And then in chapter 3, verse number 1, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, he shall, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? See, that's where he's planning doubt, planning doubt. You see, the interesting thing here about the serpent, because, him, you know, that serpent is being, being subtle, uh, okay? And, and, and uh, it, the scripture here says serpent, but it, it was, it was, some, it was some, some um, animal that was appealing to the eye. You know, because in the first place, they took time, she took time to talk to the thing. All right? And it said that the thing was, was speaking. So the first thing he did was, was he planted doubt. You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Putting that doubt. And the woman said unto the serpent, You may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, underline, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God, for God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as God, knowing good and evil. You see? So now right away, zoom. Satan is now bringing her back down to the ground. The first vision, the secondary, the first vision was God saying, you should not eat of that tree unless you will die. Then Satan comes in and says, I'm going to give her now a second thought. Something else to dwell on. I'm going to get her grounded. All right? I'm going to take her mind off of what God said, really, and simply turn it around. Are you sure that's what he said? Are you sure? No, that's not the reason why. God just doesn't want you to be as smart as him. God just doesn't, you see. So right away now... Satan snatched her out of the heavenly places, so to speak, with her mind on what God had said, down to this earthly thing, because now, now he has her thinking in his realm. Okay? He has her, he has her um, um, uh, looking at, at her senses. Okay? Because remember it says here that, that the, 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 the tree, that the, the fruit was pleasing to the eye. Okay, pleasing to the eye, you see, you see, and that's where the devil works. He works in, in the sense realm. He works on things here where, to take us out of godly things where God may have told you that this is what I'm going to do for you. Here's the promise that I have for you, and this is God's word to you. Satan then comes along to keep you grounded, and he will show you something else more attractive. He will show you something else more appealing, you know. You know, here you are, you know, you're, you're praying for a job and whatnot, and all of a sudden, this particular God says, I'm going to give you this job, and you have a feeling where God is taking you, but then all of a sudden, this other offer comes up that seems to be so appealing, so attractive. You know, maybe the money is more, maybe there's more prestige in it or whatever. It seems more attractive, so it's pleasing to your senses. So right away, you start thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't wait on what God is saying. Um, I should just go on and follow after this one, you know. Or maybe this is indeed God. You see, but what Satan does, and remember the scripture says that he's subtle. 
He's subtle. So he never just comes and hits you face on because chances are if he did, you'd recognize him. You would see what he's trying to do and you would step away, you'd bind him up and you'd cast him out. You see, so he's subtle. The same way he said to him, said to, to, to Eve, are you sure you'll surely die? Are you sure that's the reason? You know, I, you know, make you start wondering. So right away, so what he does here, he takes you, your mind off of the heavenly things, off what God says, and to keep you grounded back here on earth with earthly thinking, he says, no, this is good. It's pleasing to the eye. Don't worry about it. You go on and do what it is that you think you need to do. Okay? So here you see that he gives her the second vision or, or a distraction and actually a lie to keep them grounded and away from keeping the godly directive. He flat out lied to her. Simple as that. You see? And we can see that happening in our lives because if we're not careful, if we don't know the word of God and know what it is that he's telling us to do, we will not even understand the lie. You won't even recognize the lie. Let's go to Matthew 14. Praise the living God. Matthew 14. Matthew 14. Okay. Keeping us grounded. If he can keep you grounded, he can walk all over you and just keep you worrying and, and keep you, uh, you know, not remembering what God has promised you. Not remembering the, the, the blessings that God has in store for you. Amen. Okay, Matthew 14, starting with verse number 22. And straight away, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a boat and to go before him into the other side while he sent the multitudes away. So first of all, underline that word constrained. Because really what it means there is that Jesus directed them to go. Okay? So he didn't say, you know, get in the boat and try to go to the other side. He said, get in the boat and go to the other side. So you would think that, you know, if Jesus told me to get in the boat and go to the other side, and that's Jesus telling me that, then in my mind the assumption is that I'm going to get to the other side. <laughs> you know, if Jesus is telling me to go to the other side, I'm going to get there. Okay? Uh, to go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain privately um, to pray. Even Jesus needed some downtime here, okay? Privately to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the boat was now in the midst of the sea, tossing with, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch, now that was sometime between 3 and 6 a.m. in the morning, that's the fourth watch. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. Now, you would think, first of all, to pause there for a moment, I mean, they were with Jesus all of this time. And here Jesus is walking up to them. And they didn't recognize him, and they're crying out, it's a ghost. You know, I mean, now how ridiculous, how ridiculous is that? You know, you would think that they would recognize him, all right? And, and it is ghost, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, be of good, of, of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if, underline the word if, if it be thou, bid me or tell me to come unto thee on the water. And Jesus said, come. It's an invitation. He said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Okay? So back to our discussion here now about your head being in heavenly places versus being grounded. Here, the directive in heavenly places was Jesus saying, come. This was an invitation. So this is God telling him to come. You see? You see? So, so now his mind was in heavenly places. He wasn't grounded. He was thinking about what God was saying, and he was okay. And then we know what happened next. And then it says in verse 29, and uh, in verse uh, 30, But when he saw the wind, on the line, saw the wind, and when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, on the line, afraid, and, began, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Okay? So talking about the first vision, the primary vision from God, and the secondary vision to get you distracted. Okay? God told him to come. His head was in heavenly places, and he was okay. I mean, he was succeeding in life. He was walking on water. He was walking on water. And then the minute all of a sudden the storm rose up, the devil said, I don't like this. 
I don't like this. I got to get him back grounded again. I got to give him another vision to get him off being focused on God the same way I did Eve in the garden. I got to give him another thought process here. So I'm going to whip up a storm. Okay? Whip up a storm. Amen? The word of God also says elsewhere that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. The scripture says that. So Satan whips up this storm, and it says that it was boisterous and whatnot. And so again, his primary vision was on the Lord come, and he's doing fine. He's walking over the vicissitudes of life. He's overcoming in life. Then all of a sudden, this storm comes up. You know, there's a challenge about the prospect, the prospect of his getting this job. There's a challenge about the house. There's a challenge about his health all of a sudden. And so his mind all of a sudden, which was on God, starts focusing on the earthly problem. Starts focusing on the boisterous wind. So Satan gave him a secondary vision, so to speak, and got him out of heavenly places with his thinking and got him grounded again. Okay, looking at the problem being the storm. Looking at the problem. Forgetting about the fact that Jesus said, come. If God said to come to him, you think you're going to have a problem going to him? And it was evident that it wasn't. He wasn't because he was walking on water. He's walking on water, you know, you see, see, but it's so, it's so like us because the minute that God starts doing something wonderful in our lives, all of a sudden we start looking at the impossibility of that. Okay? Alright? Right. Be, be, be honest, you know. Did God ever do something really wondrous in your life? A miracle in your life? And for a split second, hopefully you didn't entertain it too long, but you ask yourself, gee whiz, how could that have happened? Alright? I've been there. I've been God does something really wondrous, and for a split second, wow, how could that have happened? I mean, that was beyond, that shouldn't have. And then all of a sudden, oh, I shut that off real quick. Okay, because here I'm not going to be negating what God did me. He blessed me, and I go into, into praising Him and thanking Him, you see. But it's so easy for us to get our heads out of the heavenly places and wind up, wind up being grounded again, because Peter was doing the impossible, but as long as he was following God, he was above water, which is where God will keep us above water with our finances, with our issues, our health or whatever. God will keep us above water as long as we are focusing on heavenly things and not letting Satan try to ground us. Do not be distracted by the boisterous wind. Okay? Because when God is blessing you with something, very, very, very likely, very likely, there will be a boisterous wind that will arise in your house, in, in, in your life. Okay, okay. Be it through illness or some other challenge that's going on. You know, I can almost speak for that. Amen? Amen. There will be a boisterous wind, you know, that will come along and this is is why God was showing me all this because I was in prayer about things that were going on and okay that the boisterous wind that was kind of do not be distracted by that do not let yourself become grounded you keep your head in the heavenly places Michael what did I say to you what did I say was going to happen where did I say that I was going to take you do not let Satan distract you and give you a secondary vision Keep your eyes. I said, come to me, and you're doing okay. Do not let him get you grounded again, you see? But that's the strategy. This is where I was telling you what God was showing me. I'm going to give you Satan's agenda. And I never thought about it. I never realized it before. Okay? But his agenda is to keep our minds off of God. Or keep our minds off of God. Okay? So, so the second vision was, was to keep him focused on the storm instead of keeping his eyes focused on Jesus. God says, with Jesus' stripes, you are healed. And the devil says, look at the doctor's report. Jesus said, by his stripes you are healed. Oh my gosh, but I got this ache and I got this pain. Jesus' stripes say that by, the word of God says, by Jesus' stripes um, you are healed. God's word is keeping you in heavenly places. The devil wants to keep you grounded by not believing God's word. Go to 2 Timothy. A few more scriptures here in closing. 2 Timothy. Praise the living God. 2 Timothy 3. You know, and it's so easy for us to get caught up in this because it happens many times so quickly, you know. You know, we, um, we oftentimes don't hear a word from the Lord telling us, this is what needs to be done. This is where you need to go. This is what you need to do or this is what's happening. And then hours and weeks go by, you know, before that grounding attack comes in. Many times it's instantaneous, you know. You can be thinking on godly things and whatnot even in prayer. And then all of a sudden there could be an interruption from over here. But, 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 but. Okay? But, 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 but. Don't, don't entertain those buts. 
Don't entertain those howevers. You know, you keep focused on the Lord, but he said, come, and you're walking on the water. Do not let, do let, do not let those buts or what if or however, don't let any of that come in. Amen, amen. I mean, it could be instantaneous or it may be weeks, hours, minutes, days later or whatever, whereby somebody else, through someone else, that but or what if or however will come in. Don't let Satan get you grounded again. You keep your eyes focused on the heavenly thought, on that primary vision that God is showing you for what needs to be done in your life. Um, and in 2 Timothy here, we're going to see a little bit of that. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Okay? You see here? So the word of God here is, is our way to, uh, for knowing, you know, what is the right thing to do, how we should follow our lives, how we should be guiding our lives. But the devil comes in, in to try to contradict God's written word, uh, which is meant to keep us, 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 uh, us grounded. You, you know? And God's word is, is, is the manual for life. Everything Thing that you need to know is in the Word of God. It's in there, okay? Like it says, it's therefore, it's, therefore, uh, it's profitable for doctrine. It'll do you some good. It's beneficial for reproof, for correction, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. So you know that to be the case. Do not let Satan come in and say anything, anything other than that, because there will be people that will come and try and tell you that the Bible is, is fractured, uh, the Bible is contradictory, etc., etc., and it is not the case. Um, go to Jeremiah 20. Jeremiah 29 29 and Okay, 29, 11. 29, 11. You put a bracket around it. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found by you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places to which I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place from which I caused you to be carried captive. Okay? God is saying it to you. Yes, though, the devil says, you're a failure. You're a failure. You're not going to make it, okay? That's trying to keep you grounded again. The word of God in verse number 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Okay? Now, how many times do you have thoughts that will come, you know, something that you're striving to do, something you're working towards, something you're trying to accomplish, and all you keep hearing is that, is, is that you're not going to succeed, you know? You're going to wind up being, being a failure. You're going to wind up sleeping under the bridge. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to do this. But the word of God says that I know the thoughts that I have toward you uh, thoughts of peace not of evil to give you an expected end okay and you shall call upon me and when you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you you see but the devil tells you not you blew it you blew it you're going to be a total abject failure. God doesn't want to hear from you. You can pray to him all day long, and because of what you did, you're not going to, you're not going to succeed. You know, God doesn't want to talk, to talk to a sinner like you. God doesn't want to be bothered with the likes of you, you see. So again, that's keeping you grounded. That's keeping you grounded, you know. And you will find that, and, and, and I don't care how long you're in the Lord or what a quote-unquote strong Christian you are, you will find that when things are going on in your life and when you're praying to God, that, that that it's possible that these thoughts will even come in to try to interrupt your, your praying. You know, that it's not going to work. It's, it's, it, it, you're going to fail. You're going to fail. You, by an act of your will, God gave us free will, a choice. By an act of your will, you choose to keep your mind, keep your head in the heavenly places, focused on God. That primary vision of what God gave you and said to you, and do not let yourself become grounded by the devil, because he'll try any way, any way that he can. Um, Matthew 11... 
Matthew chapter 11. And we want to do 28. Okay, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what he's saying is to me is, is, is to come unto him if you're laden and you're heavy burdened with issues and things and Jesus will give you rest. And to take his yoke upon you because Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light. Meaning that to follow Jesus, okay, to follow Jesus or to be guided by Jesus is easy and it's light. A yoke is something, you know, you may have seen a picture of a yoke on an oxen, you know, and, it's, and a yoke is used, used obviously to guide the oxen and to get him to go where you want him to go. So what this is saying is to, is to take all those other yokes off of you. To learn of Jesus, take Jesus' yoke because Jesus' yoke is easy. So Jesus' yoke of guidance is a lot easier than any burden that you can, that you can carry. Okay? But the devil will come along again and, and will say that you can't find solutions to the problem. You tried this, you tried that. You did this and you did that. And look, you still don't have an answer. You know? So worry, 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 worry. Okay? Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. You know, here the end of the month is coming up. And you haven't done this. You haven't accomplished that. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Worry, worry, worry. Okay? So Jesus said to come to him. If you're heavy laden and you're burdened with that. And give it to him. Give it to him. You see? You see? So then that is shaking off the shackles that's grounding you, keeping you grounded on the ground. You're shaking those shackles off and you're, you're elevating yourself and you're going back and letting your head and let, let your vision being focused on the word of God. But Satan would rather keep you the other way, the other way around. Um, Philippians 4. Okay, Philippians four nineteen. Okay. I just want to give giving you some of these quick scriptures here because these are the ways or some of the ways that Satan keeps us grounded or tries to keep us grounded. Uh, Philippians four nineteen. Okay, keeping your head in, 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 the, uh, in the heavenlies, focused on God. But my God shall supply all your need, underline all, shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God shall supply all my need. Okay, so you've got a need, be it financial, healing, or whatever it might be. God has said in heavenly places, focus on the fact that God shall supply all my need. Satan, to keep you grounded, will say, you're going to go broke. Okay, you're losing your money. This is happening. This is going wrong. This is going wrong. That, again, is keeping you grounded. God said that I shall supply all that you need. God knows what you have need of, you know, but it's so, it's so hard for us as Christians sometimes even to remember that. God knows more than you do exactly what you need. God knows what expense you're going to have five years from now before you've even, you, you, you even have the expense. God knows. God knows, okay? But Satan is going to tell you, gee was, you know, I'm sitting down here, you know, and I've got my Excel spreadsheet. And I'm pumping in the numbers. And I went online and looked at my bank account, pumped in those numbers. And boy, it ain't balancing out. <laughs> you know, it ain't, oh boy, red line, red line all through it. Okay, that's keeping you grounded. That's keeping you grounded. Get yourself back in your head into heavenly places. God shall supply all my need and according to, to, Jesus, to uh, riches, all his riches and glory in Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. Don't, do not let yourself get grounded. Another way can be found in John 14. Okay. John 14. See, if Satan can keep you grounded by stealing your peace, all right? You ever just be sitting there watching TV or doing something else, then all of a sudden a thought will come into your mind that will just get you all stirred up and agitated. You start worrying about it out of the blue. 
Okay, we all have them. We all have them. Okay, John 14, uh, verse number 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Put a bracket around that or highlight the whole thing. Okay, peace I leave with you. So Jesus, and these words are written in red, meaning that Jesus is doing the speaking. So Jesus said, I'm leaving you my peace. Okay, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Now what does that mean? Okay, the peace given from the world or peace given from the, from the devil, remember worldly things, you know, is temporary. It's temporary. The peace that Jesus gives us is permanent. It's long-lasting. It's long-lasting, you know. You know, things that are not of God are oftentimes just temporary. You know, you may get a lull. You may get a reprieve from whatever it is that's going on. But the peace that God gives you is a peace that, that, that outlasts that temporary peace, you see. The peace that God gives you will, will outlast. When that temporary peace all of a sudden wears off and there's another issue there, if you've got the peace of God, that peace of God will, will transcend all of those issues. And remember that Jesus said that he gave it to you. So receive it. Accept it. Satan does not want to want you to be at peace. So he wants to keep you grounded by, by, our, uh, by constantly worrying. In order to not be grounded, we must remember that God is our source for accomplishing, accomplishing keeping our head in heavenly places. We must keep focus on Jesus as, as Peter started to do. God is the source of every good thing. Don't be drawn away. Don't let yourself be drawn away by a second vision. In James 1.17, we've just got two more scriptures here. James 1.17, go to the book of James, chapter 1, verse number 17. Okay. James number one, James book, uh, sorry, chapter one, verse number 17 says, uh, um, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Okay? All right? Every good thing comes from God. Every good thing comes from God. That's another way to keep yourself from being grounded, letting Satan try to bring you back down to the earth. Remember that every good thing comes from God. And then the very last scripture, I promise you, is Matthew 6. Okay. And we've read this before. Sure, you, and you've read it over the years, I'm sure, many times yourself. But uh, uh, let's read it in the context of what we've been discussing about being being grounded. Okay, verse uh, verse number 25. Matthew 6:25. Now, thinking reading these scriptures that you've read before in the context of what we've been talking about, therefore I say unto you, be not anxious for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than food and the body than raiment? Isn't the life more important than food or the raiment, you see? And again, Satan grounding you will have you focusing on those things. You know, how am I going to eat? Where am I going to get clothes from? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And what the word of God here is saying, isn't the life more important? 26. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Keeping your head in heavenly places. Don't you think God knows what you're going, going through? Aren't you important to him? Which of you, by being anxious, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why are you anxious for raiment or clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like any of these. Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Underline that, O you of little faith. Therefore, be not anxious saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or with what shall we be clothed, okay, or any other worry for that matter. Don't be worrying about it, because again, that's the devil trying to get you grounded. For after all of these things do the Gentiles seek. 
For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all of these things. And just pause there for a moment. I mean, we're talking about the world and Satan being in charge of the world, you know, uh, over this world here. That's the way the world thinks. You know, I mean, you, you know, you, like, like you look at the stock market, you look at whatever else is going on, you look at the greed and the things, various things that, that's going on. I, I, I mean, you, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's like this is what is so important. You know, you know, and, and, and it's one thing to, um, it's one thing to be fiscally sound and financially sound and stable and everything, but you gotta keep it in, in perspective. You know, you know, you know, like, like, like this is not what the life is all about. You know, I'm not talking about anything wrong with investments and whatnot. All I'm just saying, if that's where you're gonna go, make sure you just pray about it, you know, and be of the mindset that are on. This is not all that of all importance to me. You know, for the life of me, you know, the, the stock, Collapse of 1929, you know, the, the uh, historic collapse there where people jumped out of windows and killed themselves and everything. You know, I could never see that because the life is so much more important, okay? But to get to the grounding thing and the God of this world or God of this age, that goes to show you because Satan keeps them blinded to the, to the fact that they think that that is all that is so important. And because of the fact that I don't have my portfolio any longer, that I'm going to end my life, you know. Now, that's being terribly blinded. That's being terribly blinded, you see. But that's where, and you see, where it says, for after all of these things do the Gentiles seek. Now, don't forget here, the Gentiles were those people who were not believers yet at this point, okay. Who do the Gentiles seek. For your Heavenly Father knows that you have need of all of these things. Verse 33, but seek you first, the line the word first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things shall be added unto you. Okay? So the difference there again, heavenly thinking, not being grounded, is I'm going to seek the kingdom of God first, knowing that God will add to me whatever it is that I need, because God knows what I have a need of, okay? Satan would rather keep you on the ground worrying about, oh boy, you lost this. Oh boy, you didn't get your check in the mail on time. Oh boy, this didn't happen. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. That's keeping you grounded, okay? Keeping yourself in the heavenly places or the first vision is knowing that if I seek God first, all I have to do is to seek God first, okay? Okay? And put on the yoke of Jesus Christ that we read about. Let him guide me, okay? I'm, keep, I'm keeping my head in heavenly places. Thank you, man. You know, and the reason why for non-believers it's so easy for them to be grounded rather than to be keeping heads in heavenly places, first of all, they've been blinded. They can't understand why people like us would say, I'm going to focus on God. Yeah, but you've got that mortgage to pay. The, 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 the mail is, is on your desk. You know, you've got, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I will let Jesus guide me. It does not make sense to them why we would think that way. You see, because it's so intangible. It doesn't make sense to them because they're blinded. They don't see and they don't know what we know. You see, so it's impossible. You see, so don't let Satan put you in that worldly category and bring you down to where you start. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and then you're looking back over here you're looking back at your Excel spreadsheet again seek ye in your mind okay then you're being grounded because you're forgetting about what God said here because you just seek him he knows what that spreadsheet looks like okay he knows what he's about to do for you to relieve the red numbers in that spreadsheet, what he's about to do to turn that around and make you and make you prosperous and make you benefit, God knows what he's going to do. Okay, but the devil would have you to stay grounded and focus on that. Okay, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all things will be added unto you. Verse thirty-four: Be therefore not anxious about tomorrow. Don't worry about Monday morning when the week starts again. Oh boy, I just had a great weekend, man. I did this and this, that, and everything, you know. My grandchildren had beautiful birthday parties and this and that and so on and that. And now all of a sudden, oh man, Monday morning's coming. Oh gosh, what I got to do Monday morning, you know. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow, okay? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. God will take care of that, okay? For tomorrow will be anxious for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is its own evil. In other words, in the Greek, that meant, it meant is its own trouble. In other words, each day has enough for you to deal with, okay? All right, you just focus on the kingdom of God and get through Sunday. Okay, let Monday take care of itself. You know, don't be worrying about when you get to Monday, then you continue seeking the seeking uh, the kingdom of God. Amen, amen, amen. Because again, to get grounded is, is right now, when you leave this service and you're getting in your car, 
you're focusing on Monday morning and whatever it is you may have to focus that may be unpleasant on Monday morning you're going to be dwelling on that you're going to go home and you're not going to get to sleep you're going to be tossing and turning and everything and you won't get your REM sleep you won't get your deep sleep you won't do this you won't do that and then you wake up Monday morning and you're already off kilter because you didn't sleep you know, you know, and then you're so tired. The Word of God talks about taking care of your physical body. You know, that maybe you forget to pray. You're not able to hear God or to listen to God to get you through Monday. You see, so why worry about that today? Amen, amen. Don't let Satan ground you, okay? So again, what the Lord simply showed me here was that even though we all may know the Word of God, Things can happen in our lives that will take away the vision, attempt to take away the vision, attempt to take our minds off of the things of God to get us grounded back down on the earth to the things that unbelievers um, worry about. Okay, We don't worry about the things that unbelievers worry about because they're blinded. They simply don't know the truth. Okay, So the way to not stay grounded is to keep your minds on God, keep your minds on God, regardless of what the circumstances may be looking like. You know? And again, and again, just to close with, with, bear in mind again that the devil is subtle. You know, He very rarely is going to come at you head on and just hit you with an issue. He's going to come around the back door some kind of way or through surprise, the element of surprise. Just when you think things are going okay, boom, then something happens. We've all been there with that. Amen. Amen. So just don't fall captive to that. You know, the minute you start doing that, say, uh-oh. You know, I, it, it's almost like quicksand. You know, that's the best way I can think about it. Like you're being just pulled down and down and down. And the Lord knows that's what it feels like, those problems, when they're pulling you down. You feel like you're just being sucked in. No, no, no. You pull you. I'm, get me out. There's a song that goes, around, Jesus, uh, love of my soul, uh, lift me out of the miry clay, and so on like that. So you get your feet out of this miry clay and just ascend, ascend, ascend. Amen. Praise God. I hope this message has been a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.